the book of Mark, the 16th chapter. Amen. And I read to you verses that you are well acquainted with. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven, as they sat at meat, and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Praise God. I have read to you what theologians have labeled as the Great Commission. The Great Commission. Two thousand years ago, Jesus gave what we call the Great Commission. Now, I know we usually read it out of the book of Matthew, but I want to show you some difference between Matthew's writings and Mark's writings of the Great Commission. Matthew said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. All nations. Mark makes it more personal. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Creature. Matthew says all nations. Mark says every creature. In the 2,000 years that have transpired since Jesus was here during his earthly ministry, nations and civilizations have risen and crumbled, and we have not accomplished the mission yet. My. My mind says it is not possible. Yeah, my mind. Did Jesus really think that this could be accomplished to every, every creature? Last year, the population of this world reached six billion Let me just give you an idea of what that really means. Today, there are 138,000 more lost people in the world than there were yesterday. When you go to church Sunday morning, there will be about one million more lost souls in the world than when you left church last Sunday night. There will be 50 million more lost people in the world at the end of this year than there were at the end of last year. During the next 24 hours, between now and this time tomorrow night, 146,000 people will die around the world, and most of them will be lost. If you were to line up the people in this world in one line, that line would reach around the world 30 times, and it will grow 20 miles longer every day. Assume that you could start today to drive down that line and give everyone in that line a New Testament as fast as you could hand it out to them without saying a word. If you drove 50 miles per hour for 10 hours every day, it would take four years and 40 days to get to the place where the line ended the day you began. But the line would have grown 30,000 miles longer during your trip. 
If no one else is born and no one dies until we win those that are now alive who have never been saved at the present rate of growth by all evangelicals, it would take 320 years to win the lost people of the United States alone. And to reach the whole world, it would take at least 4,000 years, and that's if no one else is born during that time. Now, are we fulfilling the Great Commission? Logic, reasoning, and the mind says there is no way to reach every creature. It is beyond my mind to comprehend. And yet, I stand amazed at what one person can accomplish when they set their mind to do it. Amen. A young Russian by the name of Lenin became a Marxist six years after Karl Marx died in 1883. And he wrote a book entitling it, What is to be Done? And that book spelled out action. Lenin's passionate single-mindedness has enslaved over half the world in less than 100 years. One man. Praise God. Only a few years ago, just a few short years ago, when computers began to come on the horizon, I can remember that you had to build special buildings to put them in, acclimated with air-conditioned. Amen. Big, big, big things. And now because of the ingenuity of a few people, you can now get approximately the same computer and put it in your shirt pocket. Amen. Amen. What one person can do when they set their mind to do it. Amen. And the dedicated individual can do just about anything he sets his mind to do. Can we fulfill the Great Commission? Did he really mean every creature? If he did, how can it be done? Jesus never allows any room for the wisdom of man. Praise God. So you're not going to figure it out. I can tell you that. Isaiah 55 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts your thoughts. Praise God. And then Paul said in 1 Corinthians, But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and things which are despised. Hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are that no flesh should glory in His presence. Amen. Block off every street in your community and send someone down to knock on every door and you won't be able to figure it out. Praise God. Because when you have masterminded your visitation program and you've got it to do, Amen, do it. Amen. But you're not going to get any glory for it because God may reach out of your area that you have mapped out and bring somebody in that 
has never had their door knocked on. Amen. But they felt constrained to come. Somebody may be driving by on the highway tonight and feel something drawing them from this building. Praise God. You're just never going to figure it out. And whatever every creature means, Jesus did not say that you could figure it out. The commission was not from His head. It was from His heart. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. And all you have to do is read such Scriptures like this. Not willing... That any should perish. God, that's Him. That wasn't from His head. That was from His heart. Amen. In John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. And Luke wrote, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Somehow, we have got to share the heart of Jesus. Amen. Someone said church is big business. No, it isn't. It has business. But church is not big business. Church is big romance. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Amen. And what you can't figure out business-wise, your heart will tell you how to do it. Praise God. Amen. You, you know, you don't figure out love. You just don't figure love out. Amen. You know, when I was 19 years of age, when I was 19 years of age, you could have never made me believe that I would be in love with a 59-year-old woman. And I'm sure when she was 18, you could have never made her believe that she'd be in love with a 59-year-old man. And we've been married now going on 41 years. And we're still in love. Now figure that out. I can't. Praise God. Because I've got faults and she's got faults. Don't you tell me hers and don't you tell her mine. Because we're in love. And we're going to make it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to make it. Because, see, you don't figure love out. You just keep on going when it goes low or when it goes high. Love just carries you through the trials and the tests. Because you could never figure it out in your mind. The day we married, 41 years ago almost, you could have never made me believe that we'd even be living 41 years, much less be living together. But love has made it possible. And I'm talking to you about a love that's going to reach to every creature Somehow, some way, I can't figure it out. I don't know how it's going to be done with all of we insignificant people. But you see, it's a heart relationship. And I'm in love with His body. Praise God. Praise God. The church here on this earth. 
I'm in love. Now, I know the church here on earth may have some faults, but don't tell me about them because I've been in it too long. Amen. And I love the church, the bride, the body of Christ. Hallelujah. And it's given me an impetus to go, to go. I'm more excited now than I was 48 years ago when I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost because I have seen the move of the Spirit. I've realized that God can do more in a few seconds than we can do in a lifetime. Woo! Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Is our faith just a philosophy, or is it a living truth? Communism and Nazism flourished because fanatics applied false philosophy. What would happen if we were actually to apply God's truth in the same manner? We've got it to do, folks. You know, if you ever read Reader's Digest, you know that there is a, a chapter in Reader's Digest called Drama in Real Life. And it's usually a story of a tragedy that has a great and beautiful ending. Some time ago, there was a story of a little lady who was working in her kitchen, probably so frail that she could hardly lift up a sack of groceries. While her husband was outside working underneath his automobile. And all of a sudden, she heard the wail, the cry for help. That little frail woman ran to the door, and she saw that that car had fallen off of the jack onto her husband. She, you remember, is frail and could hardly lift a, lift a sack of groceries, but she ran out that house, and somehow or another, she lifted that car up until he could crawl out from underneath it, and his life was saved. They call it adrenaline. Adrenaline. A spurt of adrenaline mixed with her love for her husband caused her to run out and lift that automobile up off of him. Folks, we have got to have in this camp meeting a spurt of spiritual adrenaline. For when we run to the door, they're there. They're crying for help. Amen. The weight of the world and sin is upon them. Somehow or another, we can't do it. But the spiritual adrenaline can help us. Every creature, I'm going to lift the load. I'm going to help them lift the load. I'm going to let them scoot out from under it by telling them there is a Jesus Christ that loves them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Brother Whalen told me just the other day, he said, we have a new couple that's just come to the Lord in our church. And, and they were so excited about what they've received. And they, they got that they wanted to tell everybody. And here they came to a Saturday morning visitation. He said, I knew they weren't quite ready for it, but their enthusiasm and their love for the work of the Lord caused them to be there. And so he said, I gave them a few blocks to knock doors. And they went out holding hands, excited about the fact that they were at last going to be doing something for the Lord, for the Lord had done so much for them. And one of the first doors they knocked on, when the woman opened the door, her mouth literally dropped. 
and tears in her eyes. She said, you're not Pentecostal. I said, yes, we are. She said, I just hung the phone up from talking to my mother out in California, telling her how miserable I was, how much in sin I was. And she said, honey, let's pray over the phone right now that God will send somebody to you today. And she said, I just got through praying with her over the phone and hung it up and your knock was at the door. Please come in. Come in. Hey, I can't figure that out. How that God would intermesh a telephone call and a praying mother that would pray over the phone with a couple that just started out from the church a few minutes prior to that and would knock on the door just at the moment the phone would hang up. But hey, nobody's going to get the glory for that. God's going to get the glory because it is to every creature. It is to every creature. Amen. It is to every creature. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was preaching out in the state of Washington some time ago. Amen. The day services was in our church there in that city. But the night services, they had to rent a denominational church building. And because of the crowds, it was so large. And so, as I preached that night, and the place was packed. Amen. And the Spirit of the Lord was moving. The gifts were in operation. And the altar filled spontaneously. I noticed that there were several men, well-dressed men, walked down the side and engaged some of our ministers in a conversation. I thought they was going to call a halt to all the things that was going on. I didn't know what was happening. Finally, one of our ministers came over to me and said, Brother Beckton, do you know, do you know who those men were? I said, no. He said, they were men of this church, this denominational church. And they was telling us that a few nights ago they were in a prayer meeting in another room in this church building. And while they were praying, they really didn't know how to pray. But while they were praying, there was a spirit that moved on one of those men. And just he stood to his feet. And while the others were praying, he began to say, They're coming! They're coming! They're coming! Nobody knew what he was saying or what he was talking about except they're coming. And they said, tonight we have realized the meaning of that prophecy. You're here. You're here. You're here. You're here. But how many souls, how many creatures are filled with a spirit of some kind of a prophecy saying, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming. And when we get there, they can say, you're here. But it really, it really disturbs me. You see, when I read in the Bible about how that Saul, who later became Paul, was on the road to Damascus. Suddenly there shone round about him a great light. He was smitten to the ground. And a man had to leave him. He was told to go on into the city, and there it would be told him what to do. And the Lord, in a vision or a dream or something, said, Ananias, hey God, that's specific. Ananias is coming. Not just a man, not just a general thing, but Ananias is coming. And at the same time, God was telling Ananias to go. And Ananias said, no, I'm not going. That man's a dangerous man. And God said, he's praying. And so Ananias gets up and goes. 
And you know what happened. Amen. But how many people has God given my name to and said, Cleveland is coming. And I haven't been there. I haven't gone yet. But He gave You say, God doesn't do that now. Doesn't He? Amen. Amen. Peter was on the housetop praying. And while he was getting his vision, there was three men down at the door. And God said, three men. Amen. Specifics. Go with them, doubting nothing. And he went to Cornelius' household. I'm telling you, God has this so organized, amen, in the Spirit, that when you will cooperate with Him, it will get the job done. But unless we get the vision and the burden, amen, it will not be done. It will be done. But we've got to fulfill the Great Commission, for there are creatures, creatures that need to be made known that they can have this glorious experience to every creature. I was preaching a special service some time ago and a, a minister came to me and said, I've got something to tell you, Brother Beckton. He was an evangelist. He said, I was down in Florida holding revival. And I went to a certain place for revival. And after the service, the preacher and I went out to get something to eat. And it was quite late. And we noticed as we drove down the darkened streets that there was a man standing by a car waving his hand. We didn't stop because we didn't know that what there might be danger involved. And so we went on, but the voice of the Lord said, you go back and see what that man wants. We turned around and went back. The man was drinking, but he wasn't drunk. He said he'd run out of gas. And then I was really disgusted, Brother Becton, because I could see in the distance the lights of a service station. And I said, man, why didn't you walk up there and get you some gas? And the Lord spoke to me just as I got that out of my mouth and said, you go get him. The Lord said, you go get him some gas. So I went and got him some gas, and we came back, and we helped him get his car started. And then he looked at us and said, you men aren't ministers, are you? Yes, we are. What kind? United Pentecostal Church ministers. With that, this man bowed over on his car, sobbing. And he said, I used to live in Nashville, Tennessee. I used to go to Brother Beckton's church. I'm a long ways from God. Will you, brethren, pray for me? Driving down the street, God said, you turn around and go see what that man wants. We are not sensitive as we ought to be. Amen. Amen. There has got to be a genuine romance. A genuine romance building up. Building up. Building up. Building up. Building up. Building up. Amen. Until we're ready to go. Hallelujah. And some of you have boys and girls, daughters and sons and husbands and wives that are yet not in. And God has a way of dealing and moving. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I was preaching to Florida camp just a year or so ago. Amen. And I preached. I preached the message. And I, I, I don't know whether I want to tell you the title of it or not. I may want to preach it here. Amen. I preached a message on we carry those whom we cannot heal. We carry those whom we cannot heal. About the cripple that was brought every day to the gate. Every day, every day. We carried, he was carried because those men couldn't do anything else. Amen. So I preached. We carry those whom we cannot heal. I said, you got to keep carrying them every day, every day. After the service, a couple came up to me sobbing. Oh, they were sobbing. They said, Brother Becton, we hadn't intended on being here tonight in this service. We've got so many problems at home. 
Just this morning, my husband said, we're marking our son off. We're not going to have anything to do with him anymore. We're not going to uh, support him anymore. He, he's been in jail several times. We're not going to do anything else for him. He, he's no longer our son. That's what my husband said just this morning. And we were going to just forget about him. But after you preach, we've decided we're going to carry him a little longer. And then it was just last summer that the phone rang in my home and it was that dad said I, I, I felt like I ought to call you Brother Beckton. We carried our boy and I just wanted you to know that he's gotten the Holy Ghost now and he's filled with the love of God and all he can talk about is going to church. I'm telling you folks, it's got to be a romance. It's got to be a romance. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Paul said in Ephesians 3 and Verse 20, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. My God, my God, above all that we ask or think. Are you thinking now? Amen. You need to turn it into asking. But he can even do what you're thinking if you will let him have his way. And the songwriter pinned together these beautiful words. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply staying within, seeking to rise no more. But the Master heard my cry. Amen. Amen. And from the waters lifted me. Now safe am I. Love lifted me. Five billion. Five Billion, five billion, to every creature, to every creature. I don't know how, but when I get to the place where I'm completely mystified by it all, I turn over to Titus and I read, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. Oh, I told you you can't figure it out. Hath appeared unto all men. I don't know how, but somehow, praise God. And then when I need a little uh, reinforcement about that, I turn over to Acts and I read, And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh. Ooh. God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men. Right now, right now, I'm believing it that His hand is stretching out over this vast area into the high rises where you can't have access and entrance to. The Spirit of God is getting a hold of somebody, making them miserable. Your neighbor that you haven't been able to converse with about the Spirit and the power of God, God's getting a hold of them. My God! Hey, hear their despairing cry. Hear their despairing cry. Help me! Help me! Help me! Let